0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the conclusion of the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, Thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be preached in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, raised his hands and blessed them. As he blessed them, he parted from them and was taken up to heaven. They did him homage and then returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple praising God. The Gospel of the Lord. Lord Well, today we celebrate the Feast of the Ascension of our Lord, the day when, as we just heard, that He ascended into heaven, flesh and all. It's an important thing for us to recognize and to reflect upon this day and upon what it means for us as Christians. Of course, we know the, the reality of the cross. We know that our Lord offered himself for us on the cross. We know that he was raised up for the dead, that our flesh was raised up. The death is conquered by Christ. But if that was all, there would be more still left to come. Because the Lord gives this incredible gift that he ascends with our human nature to bring humanity into heaven. And with him going first, we're called to follow. That's what the prayers of the mass tell us. Where the head has gone before in glory, the body is called to follow in hope. We are the body of Christ, the church. Called to follow after him on the last day. When we too will be brought up into heaven, not by our own power, but by his this is what he tells the disciples in so many words as he's at the Last Supper prior to his death and resurrection. And speaking to them, he says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'm going to come back and take you to myself. This is the moment where he goes to prepare a place for us. He goes to bring our humanity into the divine. He looks forward to the day where he can do that again again. In each of us. Where the body the head is gone, the body is called to follow. It's interesting that the Lord as he ascends this time, the disciples are filled with joy. Last time he, he left them, last time he was no longer with them in the way they were used to, there was great sadness and there was a loss of hope. It was the passion of the Lord and the Lord who had been with them offering his life and death brings about basically a complete destruction of everything they had hoped for. All of their hopes were crushed. Cleopas says as, as essentially that as he's walking from Jerusalem off to Emmaus on the day of the resurrection, when the Lord's walking with him, and the Lord telling him with these things, you know, Cleopas just simply goes, you know, we, we had hoped that he was the one. We had hoped that Jesus was the one. Had hoped, past tense. We don't hope anymore, Right. Thankfully, his hope is restored as he recognizes Christ. But there's a sense in which the Lord's first leaving is is encountered by a great sadness. But this one, this time the Lord leaves, they're filled with joy. And the reason is because they know why Christ is leaving them. They know he's going to prepare a place. They know he's going to heaven. And they know with certainty that they will be called to follow behind him. And this fills them with joy. One interesting thing that I love is the depiction of the church of so many of the feasts of our Lord, the ways in which we, we draw it, we paint it, we sculpt it. Oftentimes Catholic art tells us more than words themselves can indicate. Just seeing a piece of art itself kind of imprints itself and all of its knowledge upon our hearts, rather than us having us take the time to read it. In the missal today, in the pew missal that you all have, there was a picture that accompanied the readings for the feast of the Ascension, a beautiful ancient etching, a carving, if you will, of the scene of the Ascension. And while there are many different depictions, this one is kind of a a standard depiction among many, although each kind of in their own flavor of the day. And it's a strange picture, because whereas in every other image of Christ we see the whole Christ, in the image in the books that you have in your pews, all you see are his feet. You don't see his face, you don't see his hands raised in blessing as they could have done with the gospel All you see are his feet. And it's an interesting thing for us. And anytime you see something that's a little bit odd, there's a reason for it. There's something deeper that's being that's kind of drawing us to reflect because if you if you just look at it you go, Oh look, the feet of Jesus, nothing else. Okay, yeah. Most of us are not just gonna take that as a normal thing, right? You would go, why is it just his feet? And it's to make us think about the feet of Christ. The feet of Christ have an important place in the Gospels, if you remember. It's at the feet of Christ that Mary Magdalene throws herself in repentance for her sins. Wrapping herself at his feet. It's the feet of Christ that she would later go and wash with her tears. Wipe clean with her hair. And anoint with oil as she smothered his feet in kisses. The feet of Christ. It's those same feet that later when she was with her sister Martha in the house. Martha and Mary busy. Martha busy about so many things. Mary, where is Mary? At the feet of Jesus. And at the resurrection of Christ. When the Lord calls to her and says, Mary. She turns around, teacher, rabuni, And she clings to his feet. She's always at the feet of Jesus. And this tells us something important. Interestingly, in the depiction in the missile that you have, there's one individual who's doing something a bit different. Well, there are two, basically. You have the disciples who are gathered around gazing up at the Lord. You have John on his knees with both hands raised in prayer. John always the one, he's the one always without a beard because he's the youngest one. He couldn't grow a beard yet according to, according to the church drawings, right? So that's how you always know it's John, right? But next to John is, is most typically Peter. And Peter is the one who is standing there with his arm raised in the air, reaching out to touch the feet of Jesus. Peter recognizing the need to be close to his feet. Having seen, of course, the image of Mary Magdalene, Peter himself learns to stay close to the feet of Christ. And Peter, being the leader of the disciples, is meant to draw all of them and all of us to do the same, to stay near to the feet of Jesus. It's for us to come and to do the same things that our Lord, our Lord has gone before us and we're called to stay close to him because he didn't go to heaven just to kind of hang out and wait for us to get there. He's at the right hand of the Father interceding for us, praying for us, pouring out his mercy upon us. Look at the feet. They have wounds in them still. He still is interceding for us. Our priest who is also his sacrifice. He wants to bless us. And that's what he's doing from heaven every moment of the day, pouring out His grace upon the world. And we who are here, who are waiting forward, looking forward to the day that He calls us to enter into this glory, we come and we place ourselves at His feet. We sit at His feet in repentance for our sins. We throw ourselves at His feet in glory and gratitude for the things that He has done for us and the blessings given to us. We come to His feet And we ask him to pray for us, to intercede for us with the Father, to show us his mercy. And we come and we sit at his feet and we listen to him speak. It's important for us to stay close to the feet of Jesus. Did you notice that the, or have you ever known that the first step when you enter the sanctuary of a church, it's called the foot of the altar? There's an important thing, an important reality in that. Although, you know, it's the foot, it's the base, it's the foundation, the first step to the altar. The reality is also, to the sense that we draw close to the foot of the altar, we also draw close to the one who is the center of it, Christ. For us to come, to place ourselves at the foot, is to draw close to the feet of Christ. To stay close to him. And this is all he desires. It's what he longed and rejoiced to be able to receive in the course of his earthly life. As Martha was busy about so many things, Jesus said of Mary at his feet, she has chosen the better part. She has the better part and it will not be taken from her. She has chosen the seat of honor. An invitation for us to do the same. That in these days as we anticipate looking forward to the Holy Spirit to come upon the church once more in Pentecost to be stirred up within us on that great feast next weekend and in every day through the course of our lives to ensure that at some point we place ourselves at the feet of Jesus. Some days in repentance, some days in gratitude, some days in intercession, and some days simply to listen to what he says. So let us stay close to the feet of Jesus. Let us lift up our hearts in rejoicing just the same as the disciples did. Not at sorrow that he has gone from us, but in rejoicing that he is going to prepare a place for us. That one day, on the last day, when he calls us to himself, we might be able to enter into the joy of heaven. And fall down with rejoicing to kiss his feet.